Welcome to Everything In Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into topics ranging from true crime to paranormal occurrences to urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma. I'm the dad. That's Anish. Uh, let's start out with... Hey, Emma. Yes. Guess what? We're champions of Europe. We're champions of champions Europe. Champions of Europe. <laughs> Six times, baby. Six times. Um, that was... Not an interesting game. It's so if folks don't know what we're talking about, then you failed us as listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But um, first, we're recording on completely, this is the first time, we're recording on the Tuesday before this thing has to drop, which just puts a lot more Whoops. work on somebody <laughs> to get everything edited. And that somebody is not Emma. So, hey, um, hey. So we're, and it's breakfast. This is the first time we've done a breakfast podcast. So yeah, we have donut, some donuts, some, some coffee. coffee. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But Coffee and contemplation. <laughs> this past Saturday was the Champions League final against Liverpool and Tottenham. And Liverpool did go in as favorites. Uh, again, they lost last year uh, to Madrid, and it's a whole different story. <laughs> but uh, that could be a horror story. But anyway, <laughs> um, but then they won 2 0. And then to Emma's point, which she was saying earlier before I rudely cut her off, was that uh, it was the worst final <laughs> I've ever so watched. I mean, it was, just a, it was just bad soccer. I mean, it was just, again, all that aside, we are the champions of Europe. So yes. I don't care. And it wasn't as if, you know, we luckily won or anything like that. Both teams just played. It was just a terrible game. Like passing was awful. <laughs> the, the, there was no link up play. And these two teams are open attacking teams. So everybody was expecting this whole, this crazy like back and forth. So my belief is that one of the reasons why it was so boring is that these teams know each other so well. So they kind of like already were just kind of trying to see how they were going to play. Mm. Um, that penalty in the first 30 seconds, I think, killed Tottenham's game. So that definitely hurt their game plan, which I think made Liverpool kind of also sit back a little bit. Um, and then it was really crazy hot. Um, it was during the day, it was something like 41 degrees centigrade, which I don't actually know how many degrees that is in. I think, I think it's upper 80s, <laughs> if not 90s. Um, so hot. And then the evening. Was, so yeah, so the evening, it would have been a little bit cooler but i think that also just like yeah war on them because you could just see like everybody had heavy legs but uh sala scored the pk um and then in the 85th minute to clinch it origi who yes. has been the hero of the champions league yeah just iced it and it was beautiful and just the tears for Klopp. like i mean this i'm so happy he got the title because people are giving him shtick because he's been in six finals this was a sixth and he had lost the last the, the previous ones or mm. whatever um, so they were like, was he just going to be the, you know, the never been kind of thing? And, uh, and nope, it's not. And <laughs> that was awesome. So yes, champions of Europe. Yes. And, uh, we get to see them. They're here at Fenway. Yes. On I can't wait. It's July, July 23rd, 23rd, I, th oh, I think. Yeah. Or somewhere around there. It's a Sunday. That's all I know. Okay. So yeah. So it's been a, that, that itself pretty much yes. is going to be every time I was saying this to him, anytime I get down, I just think to myself, Hey, we're the champions of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, that was the same day that I had my SAT subject tests, so that was. Are you the fun. champions of the SAT or no? Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> okay, <fair laughs> In like July, right. jeez. Um, but yeah, that was a time. Uh, 
I had the best sandwich of my life on Saturday. I'm still thinking about it. I won't shut up about it, my friends. Which I don't. We don't understand because this sandwich has been there since we've lived in this house. I know, but in your great, let's see. When did you start eating solid food? You would have been a year and a half, maybe. I don't know. Actually, we still wouldn't have fed you a sandwich, but we would have fed her a sandwich. Uh, Hold on, I gotta look over to Steph. How old would it have been? Yeah, when we like three. I don't remember. She still wouldn't have eaten anyway because she's so picky. But anyway, hey. But say we'll just say three. Right, and you're almost seventeen, right? So, yeah. So that sandwich, which has been at the, we're gonna give a call, shout. We can shout Pemberton, Pemberton Farms, awesome place. That sandwich has been there for the fourteen years you could have had a sandwich. I know. We've eaten it pretty much at least whenever we go out there. One of us will get that sandwich. I know. So you're gonna tell what kind what the sandwich is called? It was called the turkey avocado. It was delectable. It had turkey obviously does it have avocado on it yeah oh shocking i know it's it's insane it had brie it had lettuce and tomato and it had bean sprouts sprouts yeah the sprouts are key yes and then i had it on sourdough instead of whole wheat but it was so good it was so good oh it's on a whole i didn't know it was on a whole wheat yeah i just or multi-green or something yeah Yeah, multi-green i asked for sourdough because i don't like multi-green but it was so good and like it was like it was just out of the SATs. I was starving. We went. We sat on the lawn of my friend's uh, middle school, and we just ate, and it was great. It was a fun time, and I want it again. Well, yeah, such a good sandwich. They have great sandwiches there. Right, it's my history teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and the last thing was on Sunday night. Sunday night, we after the champ after we became champions of Europe, we watched the King. My memory. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Wait. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh yeah! I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember. I don't know where my my brain went there for a second. I remember now. Because <laughs> I was stuck on when we watched Always Be My Maybe. Because I was talking about it with Jess yesterday, and I don't know. Hey, we should talk about that too. That's that a good was point. really good. That's a good movie. If you haven't seen that, I saw Netflix. That is actually really, really but good. But yes, we watched King of Monsters. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was really good. You should have seen me in the theater while the credits were rolling. I just had my hands on my head just watching the screen. I, I know people, like, for some reason, it's getting bad reviews, and I don't understand why. I think it's better yeah. than the first, the, the 2014, because yeah. there's more, more monsters. monsters. <laughs> um, I mean, the human aspect gets a little crazy. Oh, now I remember what I was trying to remember why it bothered me is that it was like too much in your face about how bad humans are, which again, I'm not screwing with, like humans how we've screwed up crap. everything and all, but it was like, I felt that it was just too forced on, look how stupid we are, blah, blah, blah. But again. I thought it was, I liked it, like that aspect only because I think that lots of people are, it, like it was made a good point about like climate change. Yeah. And we don't have these awesome monsters to fix climate change for us, so we got to do it ourselves. And I thought it made a good point. I, I, yeah, I understand I what the underlying like thing was. Right I just now. felt like it was so in your face. And maybe it's because, uh, maybe, I, it would be interesting because, I mean, to us, you're preaching to the choir. So, but if I was anti all this, you know, like the crazy morons in like the dark of their basements who would be like, oh my God, you're, you know, oppressing me or whatever it is. <laughs> um, I bet you they're, they would be even more angry. So they're probably the ones that give another really bad reviews. But yeah. hey, if you are at all into anything kaiju or 
good old Japanese monster movies. Please watch it. You should see it. I yeah, and I think you should you should I mean you should see the first Godzilla and then see Kong Skull Island to and then see this because mm-hmm. this is their this is their monster verse. I love Skull Island so much. Because after this is Go ahead. Godzilla versus King Kong. And just again to show how dated I am, this happened already back in the seventies. <laughs> I would say there was a Godzilla uh, King Kong, um, and they did it differently in Japan. Godzilla won, and in the U.S., King Kong won because King Kong is, you know, an American uh, monster versus yeah. Uh, didn't Godzilla. he like climb the Empire State Building or something? Yeah, that was the original. So there was 1933's original Kong, which is the Empire State Building. In '78, I think it was, was uh, the King Kong remake, mm. and it was the. Um, Twin Towers that he climbs, oh. and then they did the one in that um, Peter Jackson did, like in two thousand. I don't remember what it was, two thousand four or five. I think he did it either before Lord or after the Lord of the Rings. It's not a bad movie. It's I mean, well, I mean, everything could be classified as before or after Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but uh, but that was, and I can't remember that. But he did that also. It wasn't present day. He did that, uh, but that wasn't part of the MonsterVerse. I don't think this this whole thing is different. I don't know. That's fun. Yeah. But yeah, but that was it. So again, you know, good movie weekend, but... Oh, do doesn't... you want to talk about scary movies? The trailer? Any trailer? Oh, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yes, that's not to, scary to, movies. To, to Tell in the Dark, right? Yeah. yeah, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah, watch a trailer. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I have to say the Scarecrow is one of the best looking monster scary folks. I just love that his torso is missing. I mean, I don't know if you caught that when you watch that. That's unbelievable. But all the monsters look great. So um, I don't know if you guys have read the books, R.L. Stein when we were kids uh is that different from goosebumps i think it is i think uh goosebumps okay. was his like kind of more for younger Children, kids yeah. but this was the um this was i think i i can't even remember if this was also and i don't want to say it's an urban legend because it's not true it should say that it's but it was like you can't get it from the library Li- library's banned it was so scary that kind of thing so there was all this myth behind it on trying to find it and that kind of thing but they're good ghost stories, scary stories, uh, around the campfire kind of stories. I, I'm pretty sure it is Stein, right? He did it. I don't know. I haven't read that. I, I read I a different that, one. Um, now maybe I'm that misquoting was, it. Well, you or, find that and I'll tell you my story. But um, there was one that was some, like it, it wasn't exactly like Scary Stories in Tell in the Dark, but it was like like a more kids version of I'm that. I'm wrong. I take that back. Oh, what it's, was, what uh, was it? It's Alvin Schwartz. That's very close to RL. Yeah, I don't know why what? I was thinking sign. I just had that in my head. So I, I, sorry, my mistake. Well, I don't want to fake no fake news here. Just want to <laughs> sure. um, I remember the book that I was reading. That's that one had the story about like the girl named Jenny and the green ribbon um, around her throat. That's kind of yeah, yeah, no, you no, know no. that one. And yep. then there was one about a girl named Ruth, who like was staying over at her friends and her friend was like this house is haunted and ruth was like no it's not and then later that night she was like thank goodness it's only me and you she's saying to her dog and then another voice chimes in and me and that one scared me <laughs> when i was a kid and uh i just remember like very vividly the day that we got that book from the library it was the first day i had fudge ever <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this though i'm just looking at the first book and it is the urban legends High beams, the babysitter. Oh my god! Uh, so he he basically took it to another level um, to do that. So yeah, and there's a, there's three books. I must have read the first book. That's probably where and 
somehow must have then from the urban legend of hearing it from others as well as telling them it had to be this book then that's cool wow yeah all right then i guess should we jump into our stories uh, or is there anything else? yeah hey we're the champions of europe we're the champions of europe <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go you're you're up and you're doing i'm doing a ghost story cool all right let's hear it all right so um I'm telling you a story that you do know, even if you don't think you know it, because we watched a BuzzFeed Unsolved about it. I did? You were there. Oh. I'm going to tell you about the Queen Mary ship. I didn't watch that one. Yes, you did. You totally did. Were they on the ship? Yes. No. You I were there. I, I swear. I don't because think Because remember, so. I was, it was when, uh, it was, I think it was Thanksgiving when we were in Pennsylvania because... I think I was... Pos- I'm not just counting that. It could have been a food coma, and I probably was passed out on the couch sleeping. I guess that's good for me, because you won't have heard any of this. No. But it's a good episode. I like that episode. It was very fun. And then I'm going to have to watch it again. Yes! I'm so angry that this season ended, I and they're going on a whole other hiatus. Like, ugh, give me more. BuzzFeed Unsolved. I don't know. I don't like their true crime as much. But I like their paranormal and I want them to... No, paranormal, I'm all fine. Because at least there you're like, okay, it's unsolved. But true crime, you're like, whatever. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right. So, um, the Queen Mary, it's a ship. It was first a cruise ship and then turned into sort of a, not like a warship, but it was like used to transport soldiers during World War II and then back into a cruise ship. All right. Uh, and and where's its port like of origin? It's the UK. Yes. Okay. It started out in the UK, and then it's currently in Long Beach, California, which I'll I'll explain that in a little bit. But um, construction began in December of 1930 in Scotland, and then it ended in September of 1934 when it was launched from Southampton. I believe it was Southampton. Okay. Yeah. No. Southampton Dock. That's the big. Yeah. That's where the Titanic like- was launched. There's, was a, there's a Floyd song for that. <gasps> Southampton Dock. You can use that. There we go. I didn't even have a song in mind for this one yet. Um, so this is, a, I think this one, this quote is from the actual Queen Mary like website. Um, but it says that the day the ship was launched in 1934, a well-known English psychic, Lady Mabel Fortescue Harrison, would predict the it's Queen. a long name. Yes, it's a good psychic name, though. I feel like you have to have a really... What was the the Fontescue? Fontescue? Fortescue. Oh. I think I might have read it as Fontescue. No, I don't remember now. Isn't Fontescue something from Shakespeare? Montague? I don't know. (laughs) I like Fontescue. I want to use that some... That's a good name for a character. Fontescue. Yeah. All right. Copyright us. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can't use that now. (laughs) Um, So she predicted that... The Queen Mary will know her greatest fame and popularity when she never sails another mile or carries another fair-paying passenger. And she, when what when did she say that? Nine, uh, nineteen thirty-four. Right after the, the day it launched. Holy! Well, I guess it. No, I, I take it back. That makes sense because it's like <laughs> one of those things of like, all right, when it's when it's decommissioned, the fame and everything, people. So, eh. I think they probably said that for all the boats. If you looked at something else, like <laughs> the Queen Har- I mean, the Queen um, Harriet probably had something similar. I don't even know what the Queen Harriet is. No, I'm just making that up. I don't think there was a Queen Harriet. See? <laughs> all right. Well, um, so what's f- sort of funny to me is that the legend 
of the naming of the ship was that the guy who built it, his name was Cunard. He intended to name it the Victoria. Uh, and it was sort of the company tradition to name ships like with the ending IA. So he was going to go with Victoria. <clears throat> but when uh, company representatives asked the king's permission to name the ocean liner after Britain's, quote, greatest queen, uh, he said that his wife, Mary of Tech, would be delighted. So <laughs> That's awesome. So they had to name it the Queen Mary. <laughs> That's smart. That dude, good wit. Yeah. Um, What's the wife in the room? You know, probably. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it measured... Uh, 80,774 gross register tons, which I don't know how much that is, but it seems like a lot. It's a giant ship. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it wasn't bigger than the Titanic, though. <laughs> yeah, go Titanic. Well, not really anymore. Um, <laughs> so if you want, you can go to the drive and see the first picture. That's modern day, obviously, because it's in color, but um, of the ship. Yep. It's pretty big, pretty cool. Um, they all look the same to me. They honestly, yeah, they do. I don't really know what else to say about it except for it's big. I mean, I, if you said that and like that's a Titanic, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Well, the reason you know it's not the Titanic is because the the smokestack things aren't uh, like goldish copper like they are on the Titanic. They're instead they're reddish orange. They were goldish copper on the Titanic. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was a really big Titanic nerd in fifth grade. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I still am. I love the Titanic. Okay, so the boat, uh, it was built as a cruise ship, uh, and it featured two indoor swimming pools, beauty salons, libraries, and children's nurseries for all classes, uh, a music studio, a lecture hall, uh, telephone connectivity to anywhere in the world, outdoor tennis courts, and dog kennels. Whoa. Te- telephone? Really? Yes. So it was like the first like cellular, well, it's not cellular, but wow. <laughs> Which I, that confused me because I was like 1934. Well, I mean, they did have, you know, walkie talkies and stuff like that. So just oh, yes. radio frequencies and things yeah. like that. But to say, hey, you're on your cruise ship and you can still be connected to the mainland <laughs> at any point. Yeah. Um, so when World War II broke out, um, this ship and two other liners were converted into troop ships. And you can go to the next picture. Uh, so the ship was painted gray. And because of her speed and grayness, she was nicknamed the Gray Ghost. Oh, cool. Um, and so all of her luxury features were altered to make room for anti-aircraft guns uh, and army things like that. Yeah. Um, all of the furniture and decorations were removed and replaced with triple-tiered wooden bunks. Okay. So did it say how many people, how many soldiers were on, or they were? I read that and I didn't put it in. No, I just was trying to figure um, out. Right, but so. it was a lot. Well, this picture looks crazy. So yes, there's definitely a lot of people on that right. ship. Um, yeah, I don't remember how many. But during a just like a like returning the troops somewhere uh, voyage, they collided with the HMS uh, Krakow. I think it was pronounced. I don't know. Uh, Krakow. Yeah. Wait, so they were they were both returning, or one was leaving, one was. Um. Well, it cut it in half. The. Uh, th- so I think that they were going. The like Queen Mary perpendic- cut the other one in half. Yes. So they basically. So Perpen- I think perpendic- it was, yeah. yeah, perpendicular. Oh, and how many people were? Uh, two hundred and thirty-nine people died in the <sighs> accident, and ninety-nine survivors were picked up by the Queen Mary, or by the. So Grey it was a sm- much smaller 
boat, first of all. Yes, it was much smaller. And it was it soldiers? It only had like 300 something. There were soldiers people. on that one too? I believe so. I believe there were soldiers. Whoa. So that was, it was a complete accident, but they killed a lot of, yeah. a lot of people. Um, and some accounts said that they, they had to like get to their destination on time. So they left and then returned later because they felt bad and they only got 99 survivors. And then some accounts said that they immediately stopped to help and still only got 99 survivors. Uh, yeah, I remember when we saw, um, I mean, I know it's different, but when we saw Dunkirk with all yes. of them, so, I mean, I know it was, those were bombs and mm-hmm. things like that, but watching a boat when they, oh yeah, it's they, the, the suction and everything else, so, oh. Learned that from Titanic, the movie, no. <laughs> okay, let's just move on, all right. So, um, also, while transporting some soldiers, um, a huge wave hit the ship and she nearly capsized. Um this is a different time. This is a different time, okay. yeah. So she rolled 52 degrees one way, and if she had rolled three more degrees, she would have capsized. Oh. So. That's freaky. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a book that was written about this incident uh, as if that it actually... So there was a book written about this as if it had actually capsized, and it was called The Poseidon Adventure. That's a great movie. They made it. Yeah, they filmed the movie on the Queen the, Mary. Yeah, I didn't read the book. Oh, the original. There's two of them, just so you know. I think it was There's, the original that they filmed on the Queen Yeah, the Mary. original this, during the 70s whereas, where there was just a whole like crazy, just, you know, all natural disaster type movies. So mm. I shouldn't say natural because they were all just disaster films. Airplane, <laughs> The Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno. But have you seen The Poseidon Adventure? I have not. Hmm. You should watch that one. That's good. It's dated. You'll you'll well, laugh, but I assume. <laughs> so, um, so then after the war, uh, the Queen Mary returned to Southampton, and it was refitted for passenger service. So back into a cruise ship. Um, however, in the late fifties, uh, air travel became more prevalent, and less people were paying to stay on the ship. And also, they didn't have like outdoor pools, which were now customary in cruise ships. So people were like, eh, Queen Mary, eh, you know. The question is, did they ever get the norovirus? If they, you know, maybe that would have been their claim to fame. We never had the norovirus. That's why we don't do cruise ships. <laughs> oh my God. Just watch the news. Okay. Every uh, cruise ship. Hey, we have to stay in port because 3,000 people are sick throwing up all over the place because oh, well. norovirus. Yeah. All okay. Right. Well, uh, in 1965, the owner, Cunard, uh, announced that he was going to sell the ship to whoever. And it ended up being sold to the city of Long Beach, California. Huh. And uh, it was used in a 1966 Frank Sinatra movie. So was it purchased for that reason to basically be a stage? I think it was stage? purchased for, for like Hollywood things. Okay. And then they retired it in 1967 uh, to be used as a tourist attraction. But then they would have made the Poseidon Adventure at some point, so they would have used it again, because Poseidon Adventure is in the 70s. Oh, well then... So, I mean, I'm not saying they must have made it, they had to make money off it, so they probably basically said, all right, we can use it as a as a stage, but in the meantime, we'll just make money as, come come look at the Queen Mary. Yeah. All right. And they have, like, this whole, like, historical museum thing going on, too, so... Okay. Cool. So, that's the history. Let's get into the ghosts. Um, so the Queen Mary has about 150 known spirits on board. 
Uh, I'm not going to be talking about all of them because that would be a very long episode. Um, but there are three deaths that I don't have like really like ghost things for. So I'm just going to tell you about them. Uh, and I believe all three of them are alleged. Most of this is alleged. Um, so the first one is Senior Second Officer William Eric Stark. Um, it's even longer than the medium. Uh, psychic. <laughs> So he uh, drank cleaning fluid instead of gin by accident. By accident. Yes. So did he finish his first gin or two and then... Probably. Oh my God. So that's great. But even... Even there. I don't understand. (laughs) Because it's not like it tastes like gin. So to drink... If you take a sip of something... Well, maybe he wasn't taking a sip. Maybe he was chugging. Maybe they're all like, chug, 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 chug. No? Just... I don't know. I, I he had to be, yeah. Okay. Very, very. Either he was ridiculously drunk already, or this isn't true. <laughs> I think both of those are pretty likely, honestly. All right. Okay, so even better than that is a cook who was baked alive by his own kitchen staff during World War II, which I don't think is true at all. <sighs> well, I guess. I mean... I guess if he's like a Gordon Ramsay type. Oh, no. <laughs> people would be like, that's it. We're done. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But I that one just doesn't ring true for me. Um, and then the last one is a 26-year-old woman who fell 75 feet off the ship into the freezing cold water and died. And it, the website said that it was a suicide. which I don't know why they would say fell, not jumped, but I don't know. Um, but apparently... In the spot where she jumped off, you can feel like a weird energy or something. But I don't know what that spot is or how people know and why they would. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's more plausible. That's plausible. You could. But because yeah. that happens still now. Like you hear yeah. people. You s- oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Which is, just seems like a terrible way to, to think because I just don't think anything is instantaneous at all. Yeah. Well, let's move on to. Door 13. Okay. Do you know it? Nope. Oh, my God. Well, they went there in BuzzFeed Unsolved, which you would know if you were paying attention. Anyway, so... Did they used that stupid box thing? No. No. They did not. Listen, I don't know what I was going to say. Anyway, so, door 13. Uh, it is in the Queen Mary's engine room, which is 50 feet below the water. Uh, and it crushed two men to death in different parts of its history. The door did? The door did. And I'm going to go into detail for one of them. I don't know what who the other person was. But in 1966, an 18-year-old crew member was crushed during a watertight door drill. So I assume that the other death was something like that as well. And you can go to the next picture. That's just of the door itself. Yeah, I want to see this door because I'm trying to understand I don't see a door. I see a doorway. Yes, the door is like sliding. Oh, so the door slides closed. Yeah. So that's how you get crushed. Okay, I was going to ask you about that because like does the oh, door Oh, yeah, slide? no, it slides. So like did it slice the person in half? Um, I don't know if it sliced just, him like, in half, crushed. but it did like, like I think it was like halfway through or something and it like... And it just keeps going and it just basically suffocates you? Yeah. Also not a great way to go. Uh, so it's said that his name is John Pedder. And I think it might have been, like, when, and that's why we drink covered this, I think they said that he had a nickname that he didn't like, and I don't think it was John Petter. I think it was something that started with an H, but I could be wrong. So, I don't know. But I couldn't find that anywhere. 
Uh, but you can see a man wearing blue coveralls and wearing a beard um, just sort of strolling along that hallway, and then he disappears when he gets to door 13. I thought you were saying in the picture, and I was like, wait, I don't see that. Oh, no. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) No, that's the ghost. Um, So moving on to the first and second class swimming pools. Um, So neither are used today as swimming pools. Just they aren't. Um, And women are often seen in 1930s-style bathing suits um, wandering near the first class pool, which has been closed for almost three decades. And I don't understand the reason why. Well, did they all die? I. The weird thing is that I remember from the, and that's why we drink episode that there was like this time. Was it the norovirus? <laughs> yes, you got me. Um, there was like this thing where all the like all these people were in the swimming pool, and the ship like lurched or crashed or something, and a lot of them like were thrown and died or something like into the walls or something i can't remember exactly and i couldn't find it so i didn't put it in but i can't remember if that was exactly i feel like it's like a shining moment or something (laughs) oh my god yeah um so i put the pictures kind of out of order but you can go to the next one and then go to the one after that that's the first class swimming pool that just looks spooky i know it's so creepy and then you can look at the next picture it's of uh 1930s bathing suits just so you can you know imagine these ghosts so uh some people have reported hearing splashing uh and have seen wet footprints leading from the deck to the changing rooms and uh the spirit of a young girl has been seen clutching a teddy bear (laughs) then in these so all these are not no one ever feels any um like maliciousness or malevolence or anything like that it's not in the pools okay is there other is there going to be like a malevolent spirit just wait and see okay um not like eh, just wait and see okay um so in the second class pool room a little five-year-old girl named jackie one website called her jacqueline Torin, uh has been seen and heard who allegedly who allegedly drowned in the pool i don't know what's up with my voice today huh. um okay. and it was really weird because the website was saying like there's no record of this happening but like she's been seen like well they may have kept records because again it would just hurt their that is true uh, like that's what i was thinking as well yeah it would be like a bad pr yeah um uh, stint or um, yeah so story she can, say. you can hear her laughing but you could also hear her calling out for her parents oof yeah so um the boiler room you can see the apparition of a man who was named john henry uh, he was a worker on the ship who passed away while working, and they just sort of found him in the boiler. Okay. Then, if you want to go back to the picture I made you skip, um, that is the Queen's Salon, which is not a salon. Um, it's a first-class lounge, and you can see a beautiful young woman in an elegant white evening gown. Is this the thing with the red chairs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you can see her dancing alone in the shadows in the corner of the room. Which I think is more spooky than like cool, but like just imagine just this random woman just dancing with no music in the corner of the room. Huh. I just don't like that. Reminds me of the um, bar from uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, it does. I yeah. <laughs> um. So 
Then let's move on to the first class staterooms, um, where a tall, dark-haired man in a 1930s style suit has been seen just sort of wandering down the hallway. And uh, if he passes you, he'll turn and smile at you. <laughs> so I guess it's nice, but yeah. a little creepy. Uh, so faucets and lights will turn on and off in the middle of the night. Uh, phones will ring in the very early morning with nobody on the other end of the line. Um, and then in the third class children's playroom, a baby's cry is heard. Uh, and it's thought to be that of an infant who died shortly after birth. Oh. Yeah. Then in the isolation room, which is where they just kept sick passengers as quarantine. Yep. The virus. <laughs> um, you can hear whispers. Not been smart if they did that because yeah. usually it's too late. <laughs> yeah. You can hear whispers, singing, and tapping sounds um, just in the room. So is there any... Do they ever? Is there like a number of deaths that have happened on the Queen Mary? Yes, I believe it's two hundred and eighty-one. Huh? Did you already say that? I can't remember if you said that. Well, that forty-nine were on the Queen Mary, and then the rest were the. Uh, oh, the, the, the when they hit the ship. Yes, when they hit the ship. Okay. So yes, I didn't say that that many deaths, but yeah, that's how many. Then uh, the most haunted room is Stateroom B three forty. Okay. You can stay there. For $500 a night. Okay. Um, they actually, it was open for a while and then they closed it because of all the reports of like increasingly violent experiences. And then they opened it recently again. Has anybody famous stayed in the room and recorded it up for a TV show that I'm going to be angry about? I don't have any record of Zach Bagans. Okay. You don't have to say I the name. Look. I don't know why you say the name. You don't have to say the name. But I like to say the name. Okay. Move on. Zach Bagans. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, pretty... So no one's recorded any episode of oh, a show. Oh, there's been a bunch. Did uh, BuzzFeed stay there? Do they stay over there? I don't there? think they stayed in that room. But there's like... Just if you go on YouTube, there's right. so many. Like, okay, we fine. stayed overnight in room B340. No, no, I meant like... And doing like... Whatever. Oh, like a TV show. Yeah, I with all the cameras and everything else and then seeing nothing happen. And then you're like, why did I just watch 30 minutes of this? Because <laughs> I'm just hearing commentary. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have anything of that. All right. Um, but reports of hauntings date back to 1967, which was the last, like, voyage of the ship. Okay. So, lots of lots of things. Um, now, the rest of this is uh, all alleged, because none of it has been confirmed. But uh, there might have been a murder-suicide in this room, um, another account says it was in B-474, but, um, this story is basically there are these three sisters and their mother who were killed by their father slash husband. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he strangled two of the sisters and the mother. He strangled his daughters. I mean, that happens a lot in murders. Okay. Like. All right. I don't know. Uh, and they were by the bed. Um, and then the third sister was found shot in the bathroom. So how much did it cost to get rooms for this? Like, I'm just trying to think of this, dude. I My plan is I'm going to spend thousands of dollars to well, take my family to kill them. Well, then he shot himself. I, again, I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, also, a crew member was allegedly murdered in that room. Okay. Nothing else on that. And then the probably like the most like creepy story 
is during the 1960s, a man uh, murdered two women in the room, and he was held in room B226 until the ship could dock and he could be taken to prison. Um, and after just a few hours inside, uh, the man guarding the room heard the murderer frantically pounding on the door, screaming that someone was trying to kill him. Um, and so then, this is the guy who killed somebody, and then he gets put in a different room. So yes. he was in the room. He was in the main room. Kills somebody in that room. Goes to another room, and then it's a, it's a feeling that some. Okay. Yes. So then the guard was just like, whatever. He's just trying to escape, so he just ignored him. Then the noise has died down. There was silence, and the guard assumed he had gone to sleep. Then, when they arrived in New York the next day, the police discovered that the man had been literally ripped apart in the room his entrails and limbs were just everywhere all right and this is alleged of course okay yeah and there is nobody else in the room you know blah blah blah. um i think alvin schwartz may have wrote this story (laughs) maybe um or was it rl stein could be too um so yeah that story may have happened probably not um and uh so also in that room, it was combined with 226, which doesn't make sense because they seem like they'd be very far away. I feel like we're playing Battleship now. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, so pretty much the same like lights, water stuff is felt in there. And also sometimes visitors will wake up as the covers of their bed are yanked back only to see a dark figure standing at the foot of their bed. Okay, that's spooky. It's very spooky. Um, and then for general ghosty stuff, um, while on the ship, you can hear distant knocks, door slamming, high-pitched squeals, uh, drastic temperature changes, cold and hot spots, uh, strange smells, including rose perfume and a blown out candle, uh, when there's no candle present. Um, visitors will encounter apparitions that just vanish in front of their eyes, and they can range from, like, wispy smoky figures to dark shadowy figures to just people that look like people um people will feel like someone has touched them pulled them or grabbed them when there's nobody there um somebody said that they had been pushed out of room 340 when they were leaving um furniture will move on its own and there's a piano that plays itself in the hotel lobby um or it sometimes plays itself and the thing, like, the Queen Mary has, like, completely embraced the haunted stuff. They give haunted tours. And if you go to the last picture um, in the bathroom, I, I don't understand why. <laughs> like, they have the summoning ritual for Bloody Mary printed on the wall of the bathroom. Okay. So, <laughs> they're just trying to make, make the most out of this. Exactly. Um, but that is the Queen Mary. Yeah, didn't know it. I think it's definitely that somebody's like, okay, we bought this thing. We need to make, make it worth it. Yeah, they bought it for like, I don't think I said the price. It was um, a lot of money. <laughs> no, I I believe it would have been a lot of money. It was like $3.4 million or something. That yeah. was a lot. Yeah. Well, no, that's, I like the history of it too. That was kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I guess Ooh. I'll watch the BuzzFeed next. Yes. We'll see. Maybe. Not if they don't, I guess if they don't stay in that room, what's the point? Oh, no. It's still <laughs> worth it. All right. Well done. Thank you. All right. I'm going to do uh, true crime. Cool. 
It is a uh, just sorry to say, just murder. <laughs> it's just that you know. Oh man, <laughs> just murder. It uh, takes place in Tallahassee, Florida, in of around Christmas time in year two thousand. Hmm. Okay, I'll go through my uh, sources once I get through the overview. All right. So we're going to talk about Jerry Michael Mike Williams. Whoa. He goes by Mike. But Gerald, Jerry, Jerry Michael Williams, but he goes by Mike. Mike Williams. Uh. He was born on October 9th, 1969. Okay. He grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. Lived there pretty much all his life, of course. And he was an avid outdoorsman. Mm. Loved dunk, duck hunting. Um, loved fish. Um, I think he did also just other types of hunting. But his main thing was... This being able to leave early in the morning, hit the lake or whatever other waterways and, you know, go duck hunting. Um, the thing that's interesting, though, of course, as if you know about Florida, is that there are a lot of alligators. Yeah. So it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for him to getting out in the morning and seeing an alligator, eyes and everything just floating along and... You know, I'm not saying how big they are or whatever, but they're there. Mm-hmm. Mike's best friend growing up was, uh, uh, well, really mostly in high school, was a guy named Brian Winchester. Fun. Brian also loved the outdoors, and the two of them pretty much would go out on most hunts together. Wow. And the families were very close. Like, the fathers, I think, taught the boys or took the boys out. So it was kind of like the passing of... Uh, of the secret places and all these other things kind of thing. I don't think I have a single thing in common with either of these people. <laughs> um, and then in high school, again, they were pretty inseparable, Mike and Brian. They also met their high school sweethearts that would become their future wives. Still okay. definitely <laughs> nothing in common. Uh, Mike met uh, a woman. Her name was uh, Denise Merrill. And I think she was slightly younger than him, maybe a year or two. I don't I, I feel like that's the case. Um, and then Brian met uh, Ka- Kathy. I didn't have a last name for Kathy. And Mike married Denise in 1994. And I believe Brian married Kathy within a year. Or are 18 months. Uh, Mike and Denise had uh, had a daughter, Ainsley. Cool. Um, and then as they, they they just kept in touch. So they were basically even, you know, that since they were best buds, they they uh, still hung out after they got married. And I don't I, I don't know how close they lived, but I think they all still lived in the same, in Tallahassee or around there. Um, so you know, concerts, whatever, they all did it together. Uh, on December 16th of 2000, it would have been um, Mike and Denise's sixth wedding wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. Mike had planned this weekend getaway to go to uh, Apalachicola, Florida for the whole weekend with, with Denise. Cool. But before doing that, he wanted to, uh, he wanted, he had a duck hunt that he just, you know, to just clear his mind, whatever, whatever it may be. So... It was the start, I believe, of duck season, I think. I don't know enough about it, but they are prime of duck season, so it wasn't out of the ordinary. Could not tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't out of the ordinary for him to like go duck hunting right. um, in December. Um, so 
he would usually go super early. So I think around three in the morning, oh he would get God. up to leave and then get to the lake. And he went to this Lake Seminoles where he went to, and it was about an hour away. So he'd get there around four-ish. So left three, gets to the lake at four. It's now six in the morning um, or a little bit later. No Mike. He hasn't come back. Hmm. Whatever. Denise is going on her day. Midday, Mike's still not back. Eventful um, day of duck hunting. And you know, they're supposed to be leaving on this long weekend getaway. So it's early afternoon, I think, or roughly there. And now Denise is like, whoa, there's something wrong. She's now uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Calls uh, Mike's dad. Mike's dad's calling um, Brian's dad. Brian's dad's calling Brian. They're like, no, haven't seen him or anything like that. Um, So now it's, what do we do? Let's go find him. Well, long story short, they... Later in the evening, they find Brian's canoe abandoned oh. by the lake, and they just believe that he had been he fallen he had fallen out of his canoe, and was taken by an alligator. Oh, so that's not good. That's set up my sources for this: thecut.com, uh, Tallahassee.com. Uh, the, the newspaper actually uh, they actually it's called the Tallahassee Democrat they had it you'll hear more about the Tallahassee Democrat because they were from an investigative reporter perspective unbelievable Ooh, they do this timeline that's on I mean I pretty much just stole the timeline from there <laughs> because it was like this is great uh, Wikipedia had a little bit was it um, a crime timeline we're gonna get there <laughs> Washington Post did also a really great story so now we're gonna go into the Crime timeline. That's right. Um, and there was a dateline as well about this that I had not, I haven't watched yet, and I probably will watch it later because I didn't want it to skew my, because you know how they edit things and they make yeah. it go through, and I didn't want to watch it before I did this. So let's start with the events of December 16th slash 17th, and this is coming from the Tallahassee Democrat, their timeline, okay? Mm-hmm. At 3 p.m., the Florida uh, Fish and Wildlife Con- Commission, the FWC is what I'm going to call them, were notified that Mike was missing. So that afternoon. And Fish and Wildlife Commission, you know, they, they patrol the areas, but they're not police, right? Like, mm. you know, they're park ranges. I'm not saying that they're not, uh, they don't have skills and things like that, but they're not, you know, investigative. Like, you know, if there's any issues, they're just like search and rescue kind of thing looking for, for looking for him so it was denise's dad warren merrill that basically ended up calling after denise was distraught like where where is he um around 10 minutes later uh a fish and wildlife um officer gets to the area and starts looking um by 6 p.m because they haven't found anything they're like let's let's get a re- they request for a helicopter to start searching the area mm-hmm. unfortunately the weather conditions poor there was a cold front coming through so the the helicopter couldn't get off the ground until 9 p.m so it's now dark when they're looking um out there okay so even though like between six and nine they can't get a helicopter officers are searching by foot around the lake on their own brian and his dad go join the search and just start looking because they know kind of where he would go because of, right, of yeah, his the, the secret places and all these other things at 2 30 in the morning and after searching in the dark for hours they come up upon mike's motorized canoe which was washed up on the shore okay and it was basically 75 to 100 yards south of a boat ramp on the western shore of the lake and uh 
the one of the FWC officers quarantined the and secured the boat to search it for until the next morning because it was so dark it, it wouldn't make any sense so they put it aside however on the boat all of mike's hunting equipment was still there like the oh. the duck decoys and everything like that the engine was in the on position and the tank was pretty much full so basically whatever happened to mike happened right in the beginning of him going on to this is uh on his duck hunt interesting interesting so they also found his car mm-hmm. not too far away. And again, everything's abandoned. Um, so the officers basically just thought, and they made a uh, preliminary uh, uh, observation that he had fallen out of the boat. Right. Okay. So between December 18th now, so 16th it was when it, it was the anniversary's missing. 17th, they're searching in the early morning. They find that boat. They wait till like the 18th through Christmas Eve. There's now a full-on search for Mike, all right? There, there's four officers on foot. There's helicopters or a helicopter searching. And they have underwater cameras now looking because, again, they're thinking that there's an alligator that's a man-eater. This is, there. When is this, 2000? This is December 18th, 2000, going to Christmas Eve. So oh, about okay. a week. No trace of Mike. Oh, on Christmas Day to January 2nd, they scale back the search and rescue because they're now thinking that it's just a search right. now. Um, they only are now having one officer on foot looking around. Mm-hmm. There's a helicopter doing basically one flight a day searching around. Um, and on or about like the 10th day from the part he was when he was missing, they find or they believe they found uh, Mike's hat floating in the water. Oh, no. No trace of Mike. The next five weeks, so January 3rd through basically February 10th, mm-hmm. the search is scaled back even further. Now, it's still one off uh, fish and wildlife officer, but he only searches or she only searches when they're in the area. So they're not, um, you know, basically des- uh, designated. Going so like, yeah, I'm there for the, I'll check. A helicopter, same thing. If there was a helicopter for whatever reason in the area, they would look, but it wasn't, we're looking, you know, daily anymore. No trace of Mike. Oh, man. On February 11th, they just stop the search. Oh. There's a memorial service held for him. Wow. Um, but the Fish and Wildlife Commission are stating and noting that he is still a missing person for now. Okay. Okay. In early June, so now, like, nothing's happening, but early June, they miraculously mike's chest uh high waders that you'd wear you know it's they're like i don't know, you know what I'm talking, like they're like up there just basically like a rain pants they come up to like it's oh, like wearing bibs it's like yeah, wearing overalls yeah. but they're waterproof and all these other things to keep you warm and his uh hunting jacket were found floating in the lake oh there were no signs of any um visible tears or bite marks on any of that oh. so they're like mm, maybe it wasn't an alligator so no sign of Mike. But that's not enough for them to like revamp the search or anything if they. Well, like, that whole alligator thing, of course, now is questionable. And, and it was interesting because a bunch of experts were like, there's no way it could have been alligator because that night or around that time, that cold front that was coming through, mm-hmm. the temperatures were already cold. It was like 20 degrees mm-hmm. and alligators are cold blooded. They can't be out in that temperature. So they would just basically die because they need 
heat to keep their bodies right. warm and everything like that. So they would have been in hibernation just waiting to get enough heat or energy of the day to then um, come mm, on out. Yeah. So they're like uh, the whole alligator thing. Now what they were saying was that it couldn't have been maybe at that time had he drowned, maybe alligators got him later. But um, but because they found now his his clothing and everything, yeah. they're like uh, there's no visible signs of any type of attack. On June 29th, 2001. Whoa, that's my birthday. Leon Circuit, <laughs> Leon County Circuit Judge John uh, E. Crusoe declares Mike presumed dead oh. by accidental drowning oh, at the request goodness. of his wife, Denise. Wow. Um, so remember, Mike and Denise had a daughter, Ainsley. She's, I think, around 18 months at this time, oh, or it was 18 months so when, he, when he went missing. So maybe he's two years old or something like that. Um, so... Basically, Denise was raising this kid and had mortgage. Like I think he was the breadwinner. He actually, yeah, he was a he was a really good, um, like a real not a real estate broker, but an appraiser or something. So he he was well known and he made decent money. So um, they end up collecting on Mike's life insurance. Well, they yeah. need, you know, yeah, yeah, they need it, yeah, right. So that's two thousand one. So it's almost been uh, it's been six months roughly since he's disappeared, and now he's declared dead. Years go by now, like no sign of Mike. We're in 2003, okay? Uh-huh. Brian divorces his wife. Oh. In 2004, Mike's mom, Cheryl Ann Williams, uh-huh. is like, still believes, holds hope that her son may still be alive, or if not, there's something else going on. So she is just asking people, screaming from the rooftops that, have you seen Mike doing this, that, oh. whatever it is. She is kind of angry that it's only been the Fish and Wildlife Commission that's been involved. Like she wants police or real detectives and investigators to look because just at least find him because this is ridiculous that he can't just disappear without a trace. Right. Um, and at first they're like, look, it, he drowned. I mean, you know, that's what, what can it be? So she goes full PR mode. <sighs> she is on street corners, flyers. She buys a billboard about, you know, this is my son missing. Have you seen him? Social media, Facebook, TV, like everything. Like my son's missing. This is what happened. We haven't found him. You know, has anybody seen him? You know, they're thinking maybe he got knocked out, whatever. Could Who knows? Doesn't know who he is. Like all these crazy things because nobody, there's hope. Yeah. Finally, the state and local law enforcement are like, fine, we'll open an investigation. We... There are some weird things going on. They're, they're, they're starting to research some things. There's some rumors going on around the town. No sign of Mike still. Oh, God. We're now in December of 2005, okay? Wow. December 3rd, all right? Mm-hmm. This is less than two weeks from what it would have been Mike and Denise's 11th wedding anniversary. Oh, right? that's so sad. Guess what happens? They find him? Brian and Denise marry. Whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa, that's not, no. Authorities find this more than a coincidence. Yeah. So they start to focus on Brian and Denise. Oh my God, how stupid could you be? Denise refuses to let Cheryl, Mike's Mm -hmm. mom, Mm -hmm. to see the granddaughter, Ainsley, unless she stops publicizing Mike's disappearance. Are you kidding me? Denise, what the hell? Cheryl's like, hey. Out of my hands. The police now have opened a full investigation. Denise cuts all contact off from Cheryl, so Cheryl can no longer see her granddaughter. Oh, 
My God. May 7th, 2006. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cheryl is still out there and she's again asking the public for help. Like, my son's missing. Now there's the rumors, like, Denise and Brian, they're married. Yeah. They're all best friends. This is kind of weird. You know, what's going on? And she takes a full-page ad out on the Tallahassee Democrat. Mm-hmm. And one of the reporters, her name's Jennifer Portman, takes a huge interest in this case. Okay? Still, no sign of Mike. Oh, my God. December 15th of that same year, right around the anniversary of him missing, um, and for years to come on the around the anniversary, Portman would chronicle the case in a yearly column, you know, marking that anniversary, any more new leads, weird things that maybe have happened in the outside, Ooh. things like that. So Portman is on this Good. pretty yeah, much every year. that's okay? amazing. August 2007, the case is officially reopened. Yes. And they search Lake Seminole one more time. Yes. Nothing's found. He's not in the lake. No sign of Mike. He was totally killed before that. I have a theory. Let's see if I'm right. February 2008. Mm -hmm. Mike's life insurance policy is investigated. The one that Denise has cashed in on. Mm -hmm. The Florida Division of Insurance, or sorry, the Florida Division, um, the the Fraud Division of Insurance for Florida basically uh, opens an investigation. So now it's not even, it's out of the police's hands. They're to a specific, you know, designated group. And what's found out, which is, well, what is interesting is that to declare someone dead in Florida takes five years. What? Interesting. And in this case, you know, Denise had, had him declared dead in six months. That's, a little bit different than the, yeah. You know. Well, coincidentally, Brian was an insurance broker who sold Mike his policy. Oh my! Oh my God! And Brian also had arranged an attorney to help Denise get through the red tape to have Mike declared dead within you know six to seven months. Yep. And during the filing of his death with the court judge, she had only mentioned one policy, but Mike actually had two policies that totaled over two point five million dollars. No sign of Mike. Oh, my God. January 9th. Oh, my God. Cheryl, the mom, writes the governor almost every day asking for a special prosecutor. Oh, my God. On November 11th of 2000. Oh, sorry. That was January of 2009. Sorry. Of November November 11th of 2009, Investigation Discovery airs a show called Mystery on Lake Seminole. And it generates new interest, new leads, phone lines, you know, Tips, oh, everything awesome. like that. Still no sign of Mike. He's not in the lake. No, November of 2012, Denise and Brian separate. Oh, my God. August 7th, 2015, oh. years later, three years later, Denise files for divorce. Oh. Irreconcilable differences. At about 2.30 a.m. on August 5th, 2016, almost a year to the day, of the filing of divorce. Oh my God. Brian Winchester crawls into the trunk of Denise Williams' SUV and waits there for her to get inside. Oh my God. Later that morning, when she gets in there and opens the door, she finds Brian there with a gun. <gasps> she screams. She's able to calm him down, promising him that she would stay with him and that she wouldn't tell the police anything. Later that day, she, she reported that she was yes. <laughs> kidnapped or attempted kidnapping by Brian. 
and now the wheels come off. Denise asks the judge to withhold bail as she fears for her and her daughter's life. The judge agrees. May 4th, 2017. So he's still in jail. Oh my God. May 4th, 2017, the divorce is finalized. December 19th, 2017, Brian is sentenced to 20 years in jail for kidnapping as a plea deal. Okay. Uh huh. Court documents reveal that he did it. The, except this plea deal and this insurance and the, for the kid, kidnapping and everything because he feared what Denise might tell police about Mike's disappearance. <gasps> December 20th, 2017. So December 19th, he's sentenced. December 20th, the day after, mm-hmm. Jerry Michael Williams' body is found buried <gasps> in northern Leon County. Oh, my God. May 8th, 2018. Oh, my God. Denise Williams is indicted by a grand jury for the first-degree murder of Mike. <gasps> August 9th, 2018. Denise Williams is charged with insurance fraud. Oh, my God. December 11th, 2018. Oh, my God. Denise Williams' trial begins. Oh, my God. Brian is given immunity for insurance fraud and Mike's murder. Are you kidding me? And the testimony goes as follows. Brian and Denise started their affair at a Sister Hazel concert, which will be the song that I'm going to use called All For You by Sister Hazel. Oh, my God. <laughs> in 1997. Wow. They kissed inside the venue while Mike and Kathy were parking the car outside. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. From there, the affair escalated. They started weekend getaways to New York, to South Beach, sneaking out during their lunch uh, lunch hours to either their home, to somebody's homes, hotels, whatever it may be. Oh, my God. Denise did not want to divorce Mike because she didn't want to lose custody of Ainsley. During the affair, Mike and Brian would hunt fish together, none the wiser. Oh, my God. Neither, I believe, Kathy nor um, Mike had any inkling that this was going on. So on one of their hunts, um, Mike and Brian were together, and Mike fell into, like, quicksand or like a mud hole and was you know was Uh sinking in and brian saved him yeah during one of their trysts brian and uh denise brian recalled the story to her saying like look if i wasn't there he would have died and that's when the plan was hatched like huh if he was alone and something happened to him whoa like what could you do accidents happen on the morning of December 15th, 2000. Oh my God. Brian met Mike at the lake. Oh my God. Or maybe it was December 16th. So I can't remember with the mixing up dates. <laughs> but um, Brian met Mike at the lake and they were going to a secret special spot that Brian had recently found on a previous duck hunt. Uh huh. So they get there. Um, they're loading up all the gear in the canoe and they're now pushing offshore. And when the moment Mike stood up, in the canoe, Brian pushed him overboard. <gasps> and he was hoping that Mike would drown because the water was so cold. However, Mike, the outdoorsman that he is, found a stump, like a, 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 a uprooted stump or whatever, and clung on to that stump. Brian then was witnessing this, and Mike's panicking, so he's in cold water. He's taking off his waders, taking off his hunting jacket because it's weighing him down and pulling him down. 
while all that's happening and he's watching, you know, Mike panic, Brian takes the canoe, starts circles towards to him, pulls out a gun, (gasps) shoots him in the head dead. Oh my God. He pulls the body out of the water. Yeah, because you can't have an accident there anymore. Exactly. Throws him into the back of his, I think, a Suburban, covered with a tarpon like that, drives away. No one knew what he did to the body except for Denise. So they kept their affair secret for years, right? So all this has happened. Right. And here's what's the crazy thing. Like Brian was out searching, right, with Mike's father who is in tears, crying. Oh, And God. they talk about this during the testimony where like he is like he, of course, Mike had, uh, Brian shows remorse during the, the testimony because he's crying and everything else, retelling the story of how he was with Mike's father searching for him, knowing full well that Mike was nowhere around here. So, again, they're keeping their affair secret. They're dating other people throughout those years, right, before Mm -hmm. they get married. And, you know, it's it's just life's going on. However, people are grumbling because they had seen, like, it wasn't like they could keep it completely secret because people had seen them together. When it started to crack big time, though, was when, of course... They got married, but the whole insurance fraud investigation, because mm. they were now focusing, I think they were t- wiretapping lines and things like that. Um, and that also started to take toll on the marriage. So they were paranoid. They thought they were being followed, like all these things things were going on. Um, and he pretty much went through this whole thing at the, at the um, testimony against Denise, saying that she was involved. She wanted him dead. She she gave me the gun. You know, all these things, that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Of course, Denise's attorney is like, uh-uh-uh. This is, he's just getting, he wants to get off. I mean, he killed him. He shot, he's, he yeah. said he shot him. He went to the site. He went to this. This is all completely Brian who was in love with Denise. It's always been that way. He was always jealous of Mike throughout high school. He always dug Denise and he was, you know, very unhappy that um, Mike and Denise married, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, goes to the jury on February 5th, 2019. Holy Jesus. Denise Merrill Williams receives her sentence. A jury convicts her of three charges, conspiracy to commit murder, first degree murder, and accessory after the murder. She receives a mandatory sentence of life for the murder Mm -hmm. and an an additional 30-year sentence for the conspiracy. Wow. With no possibility of parole. Oh my God. And that is the story. Wow! Of Mike Williams. Can't believe the other guy got off though. Like, well, he's in, oh, I sorry, I should have said he got. Well, he's in jail for twenty years. Yeah, but twenty years, he literally shot him. Uh, I think it was. I yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if. I, you know, it's interesting. They didn't say much about the murder. I, I may be wrong that he didn't get immunity for the murder, but um, I believe the only thing I read was twenty years, and she was the mastermind behind the whole thing. That's fair. And I mean, she got yeah. the money and everything like that. Yeah. So like you know. So yeah. So that's it. And there is a dateline that just came out in february about this whole story so uh well it had to be it had to be after the well, sentencing yeah. so you can watch that if you want yeah oh my god but there you go that's insane i never heard of that one it was again the only reason i had it was because it was so recent and i was like oh let me just look at this one yeah. um, and there you are wow all right so I've got two ship-related fun facts. Okay. The first one is about the Titanic, my favorite. Um, 
not a good one though it's not like a happy one uh so uh ships sent to retrieve dead bodies from the victims of the titanic disaster found so many bodies that they ran out of embalming supplies so they decided to only retrieve bodies of first class passengers due to the quote need to visually identify wealthy men to resolve any disputes over large estates oh my gosh yeah it's not really fun but it's a fact yeah (laughs) then a more fun one is that the law of general average allows shippers to jettison random containers off a container ship in an emergency and legally (laughs) so that's how we're polluting the oceans yeah. Well, I guess they also become coral reefs. I thought they were saying that some of those actually help. Really? Yeah. I guess it depends on the, what they're made of. You know, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. My fun fact is that, you know, we're the champions of Europe. <laughs> and just because we have now won six, we're allowed to have, well, actually, when you win five, which you already had, you're allowed to wear a special badge. Oh. So there's only a few teams. So you can either have, you either have to have won five um, European trophies or three in a row. And I think right now the, the ones who have won five or more are... Liverpool now has six. AC Milan has seven. Real Madrid has 13. Jesus. Uh, Munich, I think, has five. Um, so they're all out to wear that badge with a, f- a five. Uh, and then, of course, the number you actually have. Or if you've won three consecutive in a row, and Ajax won three in a row. So they allowed to, they're allowed to wear the badge. And Madrid has actually won, I think, three in a row on two different occasions. Wow. So, yeah. So, again, you know, because we're the champions of Europe, <laughs> we can, uh, we'll, we'll be wearing, well, you're now that sixth. To our to the sleeve there, so yeah, Woo. exactly. All right, so that's way more fun. Than yeah. A, oh, but know. now just so for all you who are really disappointed that I won't be able to talk about Liverpool and because it's now the off season until August when the Premier League starts up again. Um, well, too bad. It is the summer of soccer, Copa America tournament, the <laughs> Women's World Cup. So we will definitely be talking about the Women's World Cup, which is everybody should be watching that because oh, yeah. right now we don't know. Like, I mean, the U.S. won it last, and I don't think they're the favorites. Um, and then there's uh, the Nations League, which is like a smaller thing that's happening right now, which is uh, Netherlands are in it, uh, England. I don't know about, I don't think, I don't know who else is in it. I think Germany may be in it too. But um, so there's a lot of soccer going on and they're all tournaments. You so. thought it was over just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. All right. So let, close it up. All right. Well. Um, if you would like to send us your own fun facts or submit suggestions for a story, or if you have something that's happened to you, whether it be true crime or paranormal or stuff like that, uh, send them into our email, which is everythinginpodcast at gmail.com. You can also submit them through our website, which is www.everythingpodcast.weebly.com. We also have visuals from every episode there and other fun stuff, so check us out. We're also on social media. Our Instagram is at everythinginpodcast. Our Twitter is at between underscore podcast. And we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page, both by the name Everything In Between Podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really, really helps. uh, And we would appreciate it a lot. And of course, we have a Spotify playlist that's constructed of our titles for the episodes. Um, So we pick a song for each of our stories every episode and compile them into this playlist. It's really good. And I suggest you listen. And, yeah, I think that's about it. That's it, yeah. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to some story submissions because <laughs> I'd like to read people's uh, stories. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.